0: Episode 12. All right. Here we go. We are down two people today. A, a little
1: short today. I think they realized uh, what this entailed, having a podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> like, week in, week out. Yeah. And they're just like, being workmen. Wait,
0: we actually have like things going on with our lives. Yeah. Really important stuff. Probably. Well, that's what they told us.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> or they fell asleep watching it.
2: I think they're just tired. We were up till like three in the morning last night, so I don't think- Were they you Really? Yeah, I didn't get back till like three. Well, with the with the uh, the time jump, it was really four, but mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been like three. Oh yeah,
0: well, you guys had a bit of an adventure last night, right?
2: Oh. You, uh, Brahma and Zach. Yeah, we sure did. What were you guys doing? Uh, we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Classic. Oh yeah, man, it was fun.
1: They call me the brain of this group, but you guys are the nerds. Anything wild happen in
2: it? Uh, well, we got to create like new characters. So Ben uh, created this whole big castle for us, and it had LED lights and a drawbridge that was like battery operated, and it was actually really fun. Uh, so I created a new character. I just played around with it for a little bit. It was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed it. So I, it's basically we just had to go kill some Lich King, and that was it. It was a lot of fun.
1: Cool. So I have two questions for you. Yes. Did the character you create did that character like mustard? Was it like kind of based off of you?
2: No, it was it was no place near me at all. No.
1: Okay. Was it was the occupation that you chose for a submarine captain? No, he didn't. it's not a, Is that is that allowed? Can you have a submarine captain in D anD? d
2: I doubt it, but I don't okay. know. I mean, I'm sure you could talk to a DM. They might be able to figure something out for you.
1: Perfect. Yeah, if I can have a character that's a submarine captain and likes mustard, um, I would join. <laughs> But that'd be perfect.
0: Actually, that, yeah. that would be pretty fun. Yeah.
2: No, my guy was a little halfling that uh, would help train and control bears, and then he would, <laughs> then he would turn into a bear if provoked. So he's a druid. It's pretty fun.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. And that's you know, is that a type of submarine? A halfling submarine? Do we have any of those? We have a little person submarine, maybe a halfling submarine too. Mm. That's what we could refer to him as. Yeah, we could a little halfling submarine. <laughs> People might be like, "What the hell?" Yeah.
2: Ooh, what vape? <laughs> what vape flavor are you hitting right now? No, yeah. oh, could you hear that, man? I was trying we, to oh, quiet. Yeah, it. we could hear that. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's a watermelon kiwi flavor. It's pretty good. Nice.
1: Ooh. Well, did you have anything exciting happen, Jamie? Over this weekend, yeah. Um, no, not not super exciting. You know, doing my normal stuff. Running. We were at brunch. I'm really full right now, so if I fall asleep halfway through, you'll know why. All right. Uh, but otherwise, it's been you know just trying to relax to the max. It's pretty busy during the week, so I, I take full advantage of my weekends. Not a bad idea. Nope. Except for this. This is now. This is back to work. Right. Podcast time. This is hardcore punching stuff. in, and then later I'll punch out. Yep. Yep. I
0: do not issue paychecks, so. um yet don't look for him yet what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world mac east second floor studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains alex the thoughtful jamie the brain Kyle El Capitan and Zach the Backbone present Submersion.
1: Alright. <laughs> Shall we jump into it? Which one? What are we what did we watch this week?
2: Yeah, Alex. Go ahead and tell us. Well, this week we watched uh 1968 uh I would call it like a thriller or suspense film uh called Ice Station Zebra.
0: Oh yes we did. Yes, sir.
1: It's a pretty famous movie, actually. It is a famous yeah. movie. I I had heard about it. It's referenced here and there, like Breaking Bad referenced it at one point. Um, you know, people like John Carpenter have talked about it being a guilty pleasure. Uh it was famous for um what was his name? Uh there's a famous, oh Harold Hughes, the reclusive billionaire. Um this was his favorite film that he watched uh over and over and over again, um uh, uh, compulsively. So really? yeah it's so it's been it's kind of has this cultural significance that's uh that's probably outweighs its you know cinematic uh significance but even that it does have some cinematic significance as well I'd think so Yeah Um so
0: we'll just give a little uh, brief rundown here of who we got in this movie stars Rock Hudson
1: Classic do you know anything about Rock Hudson No I do not So Rock Hudson was a famous golden age actor but He's nowadays probably famous for having – he died of AIDS during the time when AIDS was just coming to into the forefront. He was a very, very well-known actor who turned out to be uh, secretly gay and couldn't really have that be revealed throughout his career. He spent a lot of time and probably money and effort uh, making sure that that wasn't um, revealed to the point of, like, marrying people – really beards and stuff like that yeah so it's kind of it's kind of a sad story when all things are taken into consideration and kind of what he did uh through his career to hide that i had no idea about any of that Mm -hmm. um ernest borgnine
0: who we've seen in other submarine movies Mm -hmm. jim brown who
1: arguably know from Watching the NFL, yeah, arguably the most famous or the the best uh, NFL player in history, and mm-hmm. the last person to lead a Browns team to a NFL championship.
0: <laughs> That's a miracle in and of mean, itself. Exactly, yeah.
1: And um, get an Oscar for that yeah. performance. <laughs> Peter McGowan, I think, is how
0: you say his name. Uh, yeah, I don't know him at all. Well, yeah, he played a bigger part in this movie than I ever thought. And this is also directed by John Sturgis. and name might not sound super familiar to people our generation, but you will know the movies he's made. The Great Escape with Steve McQueen, The Magnificent Seven, not the newest one that just came out, All obviously, right. but Probably the older not. one, and then Gunfight at the OK Corral, starring two of our own submarine Two of people, our favorites, really. Burt Lancaster. them. And Kirk Douglas. Love
1: them even more. <laughs> <laughs> I Kirk Douglas to... may, may be my favorite character we've had in any of the films. You're just so funny as a harpoon man in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's a great job.
0: Yeah. Alex, what job would you want on a sub? Harpoon I, man or uh, something else?
2: Well, I don't think there are a lot of harpoons underwater in subs. but I d-
0: did
1: think about that
2: after it <laughs> left my mom. <mama. laughs> yeah. I, I would like to be the sonar guy. I think that would be pretty
1: fun. Sonar sounds pretty good. I'd uh, like to be XO. I don't want to be the captain, full-blown captain, but I want that opportunity for a potential mutiny.
0: Right. Yeah, what I, said. I would enjoy being the captain because eventually I'd get overthrown and then I'd have like some kind of comeback to greatness. Um, That's good. Yeah.
1: So I'd be like the XO. I you deceive you and become the captain, and yep. you come back, and I crawl through the belly of the boat. Oh yeah, find some way to get back, and then I'm captain, and I'm rightfully killed in the process. <laughs> All right, nice. whatever. We should All probably right. get into We should this. probably get into the <laughs> recap of uh, Ice Station Zebra. <laughs> so we open in Scotland, uh, where there's a naval base. Um, American but first, naval base. first when this thing opens, it's like just, oh it yeah, it says yeah, the yeah. word overture right, on the yeah, screen. Yeah. It's just playing music. Yeah. It's so like, it's it's oh it's gosh. set up almost like a play. So it's like an overture yes. with a bunch of music, and then we see a satellite, and it almost started like I was like. Just like with the abyss where I was like, wait, am I watching a random sci-fi film? I thought for a second like an alien spaceship was coming into frame, but it uh, it was just a satellite and a portion of the satellite shoots off and shoots towards Earth and it lands in the Arctic up in the ice caps area. And you see a person, you know, approaching this piece of the satellite, opens it up. And oh no! Someone's watching him. Mhm. Smash got to Scotland, so we know something pretty dangerous is happening up in the polar ice caps, as always, yes, and so, yeah, definitely now it is climate change uh relevant, and so we get then we go to Scotland, and we have our Captain Faraday, our hero Rock Hudson. and he's sitting in a pub, and he gets a call to go over to a different pub. And heads over there and has a meeting with an admiral, kind of the head of you know all the submarines and all that. And he's like, "Hey, what do you know about ice station Zebra?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh, that British civilian yeah, weather a, station yeah, weather up station, up there. Or whatever. Who cares about it?" And he's like, "Well, you're going to be heading up there because it's you know there's been a distress signal that's kind of going over and over again. Something's happened, and we need to rescue them. And oh, by the way, you're going to have a passenger on yep. your sub, and but we can't
0: we can't fly you out there. Yeah. You got to go by
1: submarine because there's a dangerous blizzard, or they call it an ice storm, yeah. but." And so he's like, wait, a passenger? What? We don't have passengers on like nuclear subs. This is weird. And he's like, who, who is this person? He's like, I can't tell you much, but I can give you this paper with his credentials. And oh boy, are you going to be impressed? And Marock and an open and goes, I'm pretty impressed. Yep. But I still need to know like more about what's going on. He's, he's like, like, well, too bad. It's sorry. yeah, yeah. He gives him some kind of information, but he doesn't. They don't show it on screen. Yeah, he's in. He's like, I know you're the captain, and you have the right to pull your dick out at any point. But I'm the admiral, and I have the right to put your dick right back back in this (laughs) thing. And he does. (laughs) He's going for a zipper and just slaps his hand. No way. (laughs) No way. Get away from that! You are taking this passenger, whatever, and so we get a little scene of of the, their passenger arriving by plane, getting directly into a car, and heading to the submarine. And they're kind of just like chilling on the top of the submarine as they see their passengers kind of head towards them. So there's this one guy, a British guy, who gets on, and then a whole bunch of Marines as well, yep, uh, aboard the submarine as well. This part, I mean, literally not a whole lot's happened so far, no. and it took 15 minutes. It takes a really long time. This whole front of the film actually takes a really, really, really long time, all the way up until. What you'll see uh, happens uh, an, an incident that happens with the torpedoes, right? Because even after they launch, what what do we really get out of scenes? Like he talks with the MI6 agent. That's that's who he ends up being, mm-hmm. this British agent, and he kind of like, I don't know. He seems real arrogant, and he's always like. Yeah, I get I get control of the ship. What were your orders? Get me up to Ice Station Zebra. All things, you know, you know. All, His name is Jones. Yeah, Jones. And he's like, you have to get me up to Ice Station Zebra. As long as I don't risk your crew, I have control of the situation. So yep. I like, I know you're the captain, but I'm essentially the captain of the ship. Right. Yeah. He's
0: like, your orders are to follow my command. And at some point later, he's like, Look, I haven't had to take command because you've been doing everything fine. Yeah. But he's like, Take me to where I need to go. Yeah.
1: And so you get a couple, you get a you know, a bunch of diving scenes and stuff like that. And there's some really They're cool. They're pretty good. There's yeah. some really, really cool cinematography done in this film. Uh, Academy Award-winning uh, cinematography, or no, no, not never mind. It lost. Nominated. It nominated. Nominated. Yeah, nominated. But it was the first uh, filming of a sub in the process of diving all the way through diving. So we actually got scenes Very of them cool. diving where this camera's above water and then they dive with the submarine and it goes all the way down into the water and you could see like the bubbles clear and now you see the submarine underwater. And that was like the first time they were do- able to do something like that. Yep. They were like developing technology for that kind of stuff.
0: One of the things I liked here though, when um, the captain was meeting with um, Jones, mm-hmm. he's like, Everybody hears on a first name basis, my name is Captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, yeah. I like that.
1: And they put Jones into uh, one of the bunks with uh, what looks like, it seems like the XO. And mm-hmm. we get a little scene before some extra, some more characters arrive where the XO goes in to go to bed and sees Jones. He's sleeping on the main bunk, his, like, bed. And he goes up to tell him to, like, get the fuck in this other bed. Yeah. You know, this is my bed. He just and, wakes uh, him up yeah. and he
0: just, like, jumps into action. Jones does. Pulls he, a gun. Yeah.
1: And the captain's like, "We maybe we should take that gun away from you." He's, he's like, "Nope, no way. I'm the this captain. Is my gun." Yeah, he's also seemingly like, he's either seasick or uh, or claustrophobic or something, cause, or an alcoholic, because he also is like really jonesing, if you will, for some whiskey, and is you know constantly trying to get his hands on some of the uh, the therapeutic whiskey that they have on board that the doctor carries. That's right, because I think even at one point, doesn't he ask,
0: "Is it true they don't serve whiskey on American subs?" Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, oh well, I think we can get some. Yeah, they have it. The doctor actually carries a bunch of whiskey, consider it therapeutic. Uh, That's I like that. Yeah, I like to go to the doctor's office, sir. You need some whiskey, prescription, prescription alcohol. Cool. And so (laughs) then, as they're kind of going along, they had a couple more passengers arrive. We got which I
0: don't. I don't even know how this like came to be. Because they just surfaced all of a sudden, a helicopter was there, and then they're just lowering Jim Brown and or- Ernest Borgnine under yeah. the sub via rope. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what happened? Yeah,
1: <laughs> like what led to this? Yeah, it's a real uh, down periscope type situation. I don't know if you remember that, but William H Macy was the commander of a oh, submarine, yeah, and someone yeah, just yeah. appears on there and was brought there by a helicopter. So we know it's real because of Down Periscope being the most accurate sub movie ever. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so we get uh, Jim Brown. He's the head of the. He kind of runs the Marines, but. I think the, it seemed like the only reason they had him come by helicopter rather with the Marines is so that they could have him be a sus- suspect. Like, oh, that's weird. He came here, you know, straight from elsewhere with these commands in order. But, like, you can imagine someone having been killed mm-hmm. and then someone taking their place like a spy and being on the submarine. How do we actually know he is who he says he is? Right. And then same thing with the Ernest Borgnine. He gets to be a a suspect of sorts because he shows up kind of randomly in the middle of the sea. Oh yeah. And so, Which, I mean,
0: how could you not suspect these? If anything goes wrong, you'd be like, well, that was really weird. Yeah. Maybe why did, those they, guys. How did
1: they show up like so conveniently onto this thing?
0: But Jim Brown, he's also, I think a character that we needed in this film to this point. Cause he comes in, he's a total hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real dick. Really? <laughs> yeah, so, like one of the lieutenants from the Marines comes to meet him and he goes to, like shake his hand and he like raises his voice like Lieutenant. Yeah. He's exactly. like, Tell the men there's going to be a check down in like an hour, and it's going to be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this movie's rated G or something. <laughs> God, the 60s, so great. You can get away with that.
1: Yeah, and Ernest Bergnine shows up, and he's a defected uh, Soviet who's been part of the helping the U.S. government for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so Jones is like, I've known this guy. I actually got him out of, uh, I think, got him out of either Soviet Union or he was in Germany or something like that. And so he got him out of there, and he's been, he knows him pretty well. So he's like, you can't, this guy's trustworthy. But he's kind of going around being real suspicious. Like, he wants to know what's going on with stuff. Oh, I've never seen this. Can I see it? Oh, there's a reactor. Can I see that? Oh, there's a torpedo room. Can I see that? I've never seen this happen. I've never seen that happen. So everyone mm-hmm. already, pretty much everyone suspects him as being like not trustworthy. Even though Jones. But you know, he's, he's not like him. super creepy. I mean, no, he's, no, no. he's pretty he's, outgoing. He's, yeah, he's like a just uh, seems like a very jovial guy. But, but he's, he's
0: even st- out like walking alone by himself around yeah. the sub, and yeah. um, they're like, What are you doing? Like, what is happening here? Yeah. He's like, Oh, you know, I like to go to walks. And the captain's like, Well, we also like to go to walks, so maybe you should ask one of us next yeah. time. And so. But he did do it. I thought he did a d- okay job uh, doing the accent. Yeah, yeah. He's not American bad. born. For sure.
1: But yeah, and so. They basically make their way up to the ice caps. They go under the ice, and they have this ice machine that tells them how thin or thick places are. And they try to get to an area where they can bust through, so that they can find uh, the location of the uh, ice station Zebra. They kind of know it, kind of where they want to go, but not exactly. And this took a long time to get. To this. <laughs> so long. This, this is, is like I mean, an hour, fifteen minutes. This into is the really. Movie. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It really dragged at this point, trying to figure out what they wanted to do with it. And I think they were showing off things about the sub. Here's that. Here's this. But they could have done this one a lot, this part of it a lot quicker. Yeah. Anyways, they get to a spot where they think they might be able to bust through, and they try a couple times trying to bust through just by going north. And if we saw K 19, you'd be like, why don't they just go a million miles per hour upwards and they'll just bust right through that ice? That's how it works. Right. (laughs) And you saw this as more realistic, where they really very softly and slightly, try to push their way up. Right, because you don't want to, you just don't want to mess up the you know sail. You know. yeah. 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 So that, that really showed off a little bit, K-19, yeah. taking some some liberties, probably.
0: So first first attempt, no go. They bounce no. off. But the thing I also thought was funny is they didn't, I don't know what protocol is, I guess, on a real sub, but they go and they start ascending. They don't even announce to the crew, like, hey, brace for impact. We're about right, to yeah. try to break through this ice so everybody's just going about their business and wham, yeah. smack into something.
1: Like the army people are like doing, like putting together guns and shit, like, like they, regular drills, mm-hmm. not even realizing they're trying to bust this ice. And so they fail a couple of times and they're like, you know what we're going to do since my mission is to get you to Ice Station Zebra? We're going to blow a torpedo. At the ice, and it's gonna you know open it up for us, and like oh that's never we've never seen that done. He's like, well they're better be able to do it because yeah we you know because they can remote detonate it when they yeah. want to. And so they go over and they, you know, go down to, to do this thing. And Ornansburg 9 is even like, oh, hey, I've never seen a torpedo launched and loaded and all that. Like, can I go along? Like, sure. And so, like, eight people, you know, head on down to the torpedo room. And there's and this go, weird little dialogue with the guy who's like- Oh, about getting married yeah, and shit. Yeah. I don't
0: know. This was totally pointless.
1: Well, they, they, so they only things, did it
0: so you felt
2: bad for him no, in I a couple minutes.
1: Actually, but according to the trivia, they only did it to be able to have him in the scene. Because originally the scene was written where it was just the guy that you know- checking it and not being killed or anything it just opens up okay. and he, he opens it himself but then the guy who was talking about getting married was a olympic swimmer and they wanted someone with serious swimming skills to be in the scene so that if something went wrong they'd be able to help oh well, no oh fun. wow yeah. so okay. he was a multi multi gold medal winning swimmer and held a couple of world records when this was filmed
2: Thing. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. Yeah. Good. So, trivia. anyways, right. he he he's like, Oh, it's just a little, there's a little dribble. There must be a leak or something. Let me open it up real quick and I'll check why, why it's leaking. <laughs> and he's like, Oh man, it's real tough. <laughs> <Shouldn't> <laughs> all of me. a sudden it blows open, kills him instantly, as it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the place is being absolutely flooded with water like crazy. Yeah. And here we get into it, it's just like a crazy scene. It's hard to exactly see what they did to save the sub. But mm-hmm. anyways, the sub is plummeting. They blow all their ballasts. Trying to they close all these all the hatches and doors and stuff like that. They go through all the they they raise the pressure and stuff so they have a better possibility of closing uh the door to the torpedo tube and stuff like that. So everyone's going nuts with this pressure. They're like, ah like oh, they yeah. can't handle the pressure change.
0: Jim Brown's also a
1: total boss in this scene. Oh, oh yeah,
0: my yeah. god, I mean, yeah. We've seen other movies where as soon as they Start taking out water. Everybody runs to the opposite side of the door and shuts oh, it in. Yeah, John like, He's like, shut everyone no. in. Yeah, he's like, we're working on this right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. He's like, I don't care, man. Let's do that. That was yeah. awesome. I know.
2: Right when that happened, I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, we had never <laughs> seen that before. People normally start running or there would have been a fire by now, but no. He's yeah, probably locking, probably he's the 700 person. <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they. Uh, they end up getting everything closed, but they're plummeting, plummeting, and they set like a world record. They go way beyond cl- crush depth. They're down like 2,000 feet or something like then? Is that right? Nineteen. Uh, last 1900? I clocked,
0: it was like 1,200, but- uh, 1,200, I mean, that's what it was. Way yeah. deeper than these subs are supposed
1: to go. Yeah, way, way deeper. They're way below crush depth. Uh, they don't but, actually say crush depth, but they definitely- No, went below they crush don't. Depth. They were, I, they, I really thought they were going to.
0: And at this point, the captain's also insisting, because it's nuclear powered. keep that reactor yeah, running full going, speed. Yeah. We need to like try to get this thing going. and but So this is where they kind of mentioned crush depth. Because he's like, man, we're going to have a nuclear meltdown in a couple minutes. The guy's like, well, the hull's just going to crush in before that. Yeah, don't worry about it.
1: It's all fail-safe, mm-hmm. so it's going to fail-safe when we fail <laughs> <laughs> and die and so then all of a sudden it starts to slow i'm not sure exactly the mechanism it'd be interesting to, to try to figure out exactly what the chain of events that occurred to allow it to kind of change and start rising again mm-hmm. but they you know save the submarine and they head back up and he announces like everything's fine don't worry about it but they're not going to do that torpedo thing anymore and the jones you know grabs alcohol he's like real upset and he's he's drinking and really shook and the captain comes up and goes like what the fuck and he's like, "You've got a saboteur on your boot." Uh, he's like, "Check the tube. Someone put like some chewy gum or something to make it seem like there's a dribble, and the whole thing was filled with water." And he, they stuck the or it, it the threw tube up the opening. sensor is what it did. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. So like the the epoxy and stuff, I think, was actually to make it so that the hole that would have been like streaming water out of it to say that mm-hmm. it was filled with water, oh. but then they had they had hooked up the sensor so that it none of the things registered that it was closed or right. was open when, it, yeah, when it, it said it was, was said it was closed it's like, like all you're good green, to load yeah. and it's
0: wide open yeah and they're like you can't have <laughs> both ends of a torpedo tube open on a no. sub
1: no we've heard of things like that before but wasn't, know, actually it is based that that whole thing is based on a real event of a but that submarine sunk wow obviously uh and so it wasn't wasn't able to save itself and so they had they're like okay we're not going to do that again but let's head to other places and see what we can find and they end up finding a thin, thin patch of ice they're like mm-hmm. okay, we're going to go up, and so they go up, and they are able to pinpoint Ice Station Ice Station Zebra. They're able to bust through the top, and they you know bust find Ice Station Zebra. Like it's only four miles or something away. Yeah, and
0: this they're like, all right, we need a specific ground crew, mm-hmm. and they would already like somebody accused Jim Brown of being the guy. Mm-hmm. And He's like, well, if he's the guy, we don't want him on the sub, so take him with us. Yeah, and all then the are going to go. Yeah. Then there's literally an intermission.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the most movie, I was like, oh, sweet. (laughs) So it's actually not two and a half hours long because we have a two or three minute intermission. Mm -hmm. It kind of just plays music. And then it does another little musical interlude before starting back up again. Yep. And they're heading on out there and they have a huge crew going out there, all of the Marines. Yes. And then Ernest Borgnine and Captain and Jones and a couple other people, I think.
0: Yep. And on the way there, they're walking through like a wicked blizzard, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, to me, I looked at it and you and I live in the great Tuesday, north really. yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, was, yeah normal week for us so walking but, to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> they had a guy uh falling like a huge crevasse and, oh yeah like the ice is like closing in yeah. on him so they're like all right let's get this dude out of here yeah and that's moving and
1: as part of that also the ice starts closing around the submarine so they have to dive they're basically like we got to get out of here before the the sail of the sub gets crushed by the mm-hmm. uh ice so they they dive back down so technically like if they didn't find ice and zebra they're like Lost I mean, they're really they can't go back to the <laughs> right, submarine they're screwed, yeah, and so they head over and they end up finding uh ice station zebra, and they're going in, and everything looks all totally fucked up, like yeah, like buildings all the buildings, look buildings blown are burned up down and... they' the, there's a lab that seems weirdly like semi preserved but also partially burned, right. Almost like someone didn't want you going in there. Hmm. Hmm. And then, but there's it one there's one building with a light on, and uh, they head in there, and there's a bunch of people in there. And I, I don't thought think, they were all dead. It seemed like that they were, they were implying he went up to people and like looking straight in their faces, and was like, hmm. and then went back out to tell people to get in there. I was like, oh, they're all dead. And then it's like they went back in and like slapped someone in the face, and the guy yeah, like, like gave up. They gave him liquor, <laughs> and then he's like, oh hey, oh yeah, oh. Sorry, because <laughs> yeah. he like, he's wasn't like walking. Was being quiet. Sorry, sorry, I was watching Ice Station Zebra and I yeah. fell asleep because the first hour. But i <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Um, and so they talk to a bunch of people, but they're clearly in shock, so they're really no help. They just basically say like, mm-hmm. there was a fire. The doctor saved us. Yeah. Okay. Where's the doctor? And they go into a different building and there's everyone they're kind of expecting to see yeah. a doctor's there another guy they've talked about and two other people as well including jones's brother who was like the head of the the, the thing yep
0: yeah. and then this is the big things because the bodies were burned up you know make it look like they died in the fire but he's look he's like
1: these bodies were shot before okay. they were burned and not only that but that's a problem did you, did you catch how did the guy who shot them all how did he die did he just die from exposure or something like that no idea that seemed real weird because there was basically – the explanation they find is, okay, he finally admits to the captain. What actually happened here is that there were – one, there was a guy sent up, a Soviet spy, mm-hmm. sent up when it was found that this orbiting uh, spy camera, which was originally developed in the U.S. or developed in Britain, used by the U.S., lost by the U.S., the that, Soviets picked it up. That part got a little confusing. Yeah, the yeah. Soviets picked it up and started putting it in a satellite. So basically it's, it's British technology – that the u.s lost yeah Yeah. and so the soviets have it in the satellite now the satellite should have it's it's capturing everything it's capturing soviet bases but really it's mostly for it, it's capturing u.s bases
0: yeah they want they want to know the location of like missile silos and yeah. stuff in the u.s but
1: it, so it's circling around it, it goes all the way across the u.s and it goes all the way across russia and mm-hmm. something happened where it was thrown off kilter yeah and it was going north south and So it's going north south now going over the north pole and antarctica and they have two options they can jettison the pack that it has either in antarctica or it or over North Pole since it doesn't cut show, go over any land otherwise. And right. Antarctica, they say, is busy. It may as well throw it into a busy city because there's so many countries down there. Uh, who, Wait, in Antarctica have bases and stuff like that? Yeah, they talk, oh, about, okay. talk yeah. about Chile yeah, there a lot and of and down there. yeah. So it's like there's just too many people. So someone's going to pick it up. Who knows? Is going to pick it up? Okay. But up in the North Pole, there's really only one that they needed to compete with. It was this British Ice Station zebra. And so they're like, okay, we're going to put a spy up there. And so they put a spy up there and he gets on a plane. He gets all the credentials. Basically, he's like, his credentials are actually too perfect. That's how they knew he was a spy. Mm-hmm. It was too impeccable, and so the spy goes up there, and then the British, in response, throw three people of their own onto a plane, and so they. It was like happening all at the same time. And I was like, well, why yeah. wouldn't they throw more? It's like, well, why? It doesn't matter at this point. They know we know, and we know they know. Right. So who cares? There's just these two competing groups of people, and in the end, that's what happened. The I think the Soviet guy found the thing. The British people st- tried to stop him. He shot all of them. And had this stuff, but was trying to wait out the storm to send it up for a plane to pick up, and somehow died of exposure that's like seems yeah. to be the i don't know who would have killed him or what no idea, but he seemed to be just be frozen to death out there. Why didn't he just stay in the fucking bunker with everyone? It just seemed very confusing how he died right he should not him. have didn't really die one thing they mentioned was maybe he died because he kind of messed up the um, fire situation. Like, he tried oh, to set a fire to cover his tracks, but then burnt himself too badly. And it that would make more dying. sense. Dying, yeah.
0: But so during this time also, like, the submarine, like, miraculously <laughs> yeah. appears they had no they're, problem busting they're through they're the They
1: were able ice. to find a place to bust near, and they're very like, near ice, ice station.
0: Hey, guess ones. what? Um, there are aircraft, unidentified aircraft coming in. And they have a really long cutscene of these aircraft, yeah, flying for in. a long, long time.
1: Like, and they're not doing anything cool. They're just like flying. And it's not like the cinematography of like the submarine, where it's like it's not doesn't seem like it's cutting edge technology. It just seems right. like regular, not very good looking right. like planes flying along, like so, green screen or whatever.
0: And so, but also like when the planes close in, because they're unidentified, I would assume that maybe you want to take cover, like in the base, and maybe not just stand out in the open. But everyone's just like out there looking up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm like. Why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. So apparently, it's like two people to fly, two planes fly over, and then they were going to get some pair. They knew that paratroopers, were yeah. And but so, so also and then,
0: during yeah. this, um, Jones goes into a different building, yeah. and he like. Starts to dig through the fuel tank of this, uh, maybe like a forklift or something well, like one that. Well,
1: of, one of the things they mention is that they, they should have been able to find the film, but the film has been hidden. So they don't, that's the one thing. they It's like it's got to be here. They're still missing the film, but because of the storm, there's nowhere else for the film to be, kind mm-hmm. of, other than somewhere around Ice Station Zebra. Yep. And they know that there's a tracker to find the film or the canister that the film would be in. But the tracker they have isn't working, so clearly they must have changed whatever the tracking thing was. The frequency. And so there must what they really need to be looking for is the tracker that was reprogrammed and then yep. they'll be able to find it. So, but they can't find anything. They can't, they can't find but, it anywhere. But
0: Jones eventually finds this like tracker yeah. in this thing and a
1: gun. A gun. The murder and weapon.
0: Yep. And he's gonna go like find it and all of a sudden he starts to walk upstairs, wham, takes a crowbar to the face. Yeah. And again, who is
1: it? again, like a Tuesday for us. Crowbar yeah. and face is every <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a bowling league you understand yeah what a crowbar to the face oh, feels like oh that happens <laughs> uh and so yeah he gets his crowbar in the face and you know like who could it be and oh shit it's ernest borgnine yep so he's the bad guy and so he goes down he's like uh he's he's trying to find the you know whatever but then the marine yeah the marine comes in and is like what's going on here and he's like I- Brown. I- yeah he's I'm like gonna- kill me with this crowbar yeah, yeah. i'm gonna f- i'm gonna have f- Frame you, obviously. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, hit me with that crowbar, break my arm, break my
2: leg. And like, this is weird. What is going on?
0: This is a really odd thing to request. But it works. Yeah. Because, well, they get into a struggle. All of a sudden, Jones wakes up and he sees them fighting, and he already thought it was Jim Brown. So he just shoots him. Yeah. Like, kills him a thousand times. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody's like,
1: Oh, my God, it really was him. Yeah, he was the bad guy. Ernest Borgnine's there, like, whatever. <laughs> and it seems like the captain's maybe starting to get a little suspicious because uh, Ernest Borgnine sees that the, that Jones had found the tracker mm-hmm. and seems to be like, oh, weird, there's a tracker over here. And everyone, like, both Jones and the captain seem to be like, huh, that was weird. Like, it seemed like he was almost eyeing the thing, trying to figure out how to right. get it. But then when he realized he couldn't, he just went ahead and, like, revealed it to everyone. Yes. So but, it seemed a little bit strange. So he so, left
0: with the tracker, but then uh, the captain, all of a sudden, he starts digging through the fuel tank. And yeah. he's like, oh, there's another thing here, it's which a, comes into play later. Yeah,
1: it's a detonator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finds detonator.
0: And so during this time, they, like, go out. They find the thing. It's in the ice. They got to get it out. And all of a sudden, all these Soviet uh, paratroopers start showing up. Yeah, And this is when... Uh, Tensions are getting a little high. Oh, they ratchet up.
1: Yeah. Uh, I feel like we say that a lot, but tensions are ratcheting up. And so they, uh, oh, okay. So we got we got to, like we got to wrap it up and we're pretty good here, except yeah. for the fact that this is a somewhat confusing, almost uh, neo-noir ending to this film because they're trying to get this stuff out and and uh, get it out of the ice. It basically, it was, it was frozen in the ice and they find the tracker and they un- unveil it. There it is. But mm-hmm. it's with a bomb. So it's strapped to a bomb. And they're like, okay, let's let's get it out of there. And they give it to Ernest Borgnine's and his character and are like, you got to undo it. Like, basically yeah. get it. And so he he does a few things and turns off the detonator. Yeah. And he's able to open the thing up and see that there's, there's the film inside. Right. And okay. at the
0: same time, like the Russians are confronting the U.S. They're like, hey, you got to give us that. It's ours. Under yeah. international law, that's our property. It's our property. It's yeah. ours. And he's like, well, you guys have our fuel canister, or not fuel, our film canister. Um, which you stole from us, so yeah. under international
1: law, that's our property. Oh, And so they're going back and forth about this. And did you understand exactly what happened here? Because then Jones goes, to, Jones goes up to... Jones goes up to Borgnine and throws a canister on the ground. Borgnine then opens the canister. It's empty. He puts the film canister inside of it. Yes. And closes it up. Then he puts it back into the bomb, and they say, give it to the Russians. Yeah. They give it to the Russians. But the he Russians... didn't
0: put that in the bomb. He didn't put that thing back inside. He just puts the bomb back together without that inside. No, because then
1: he opens the thing and checks in. The Russian guy opens it and checks it, and then but it's it was not empty. In there. Yeah, it, it was, was empty. empty. So why did he send it up and say it was destroyed? I don't know. I, I swear he. We got to. You got to look back on it. He puts it back in there and stuff like that. What I wonder? No, he
0: doesn't. He because remember they. He takes it yep. and then he, um, Jones throws it on the ice, or make they make Borgnine throw it on the ice or something. So then. Oh, so then they then put it the, back in. So the Russians put it back in, and then yeah, they send then it up. then they send up.
1: it up. Now- wha- During w-
0: this, there's also guns pointed at both sides. Yeah. Everybody's just like, if you shoot, we're going to kill yeah, you. Yeah, one of the
1: Marines kind of tries to go out there and do something, and he gets shot, but he seems like he's maybe survived. But then I guess the question is like, why- did he put it into that other canister what was that other canister why did they throw it out there was the idea that the canister we're almost done i know <laughs> Is i mean really we're, we're talking through what i felt like was a very confusing point almost like a as i said a neo-noir film of like they're going to reveal some intricate plot they had to somehow mm-hmm. you know figure it all out because the thing is, is they know that Ornus night's character is the bad guy yep they're like oh you've played both sides we don't care if you die anymore so on and so on and so on. Yep. But, but anyway, they, the Russians send it up. Uh, yeah. He yeah. Does, does the detonator. Well, yeah. The American
0: memories. captain is like, oh, I have this cool detonator. I wish he would have waited until the plane was going to grab it and then blew well, it. Well, that might have been an
1: international incident. So <laughs> yeah. yeah it would have been pretty that. cool, though. Yeah, would have been pretty cool. But then- But uh, I, wonder, I wonder if that other thing that they put it in was somehow to protect it from the explosion. So then the idea been. was that they tricked the Russians into thinking that they've blown it up when in reality it fell back to Earth and they weren't going to go find it. Oh, that would have been good. See, that's but that's what I don't understand. Like I don't even understand why why did they even put it into another canister? No, I don't think there was any point <laughs> I don't to know. it. There was, yeah, there I mean, was a little some, bizarre. So some I, things uh, that went on that didn't make yeah, a lot I mean, of sense. I I meant to go back and kind of like look online and see an explanation, but I never did. So mm-hmm. fuck it. Yeah. Everyone can be confused.
0: And so once it blows up, the Russian guy walks over to the American guy, he's like, our mission's half completed or partially completed. Yeah, yours Yours is, is partially too. completed. Right. Your guy got shot. Wink wink on accident. Yeah. Um, so no need for further conflict. And then you see some like little newspaper article type out,
1: Russia and America work together for a heroic rescue mission. Yeah. So basically saying like they covered up what was could have been an international incident by saying that it was actually mm-hmm. a uh a case of international cooperation. Yep. Blah blah blah. At the end. That's it. That's it. Yeah.
2: That's it. No submarine at all in the second half.
1: I know Well, it was
0: there. Ah,
1: but there, buddy. he's just chilling.
0: <laughs> to me, this uh, this reminded me. Oh, uh, I guess we can wait till we get in the reviews. Yeah,
1: I well, should... that's where we are. Aren't we? Yeah. yeah, we're not in where the reviews. The reviews. Oh, go ahead. All right, so uh, so Alex, what did you what did you going to give it? All
2: right, I actually enjoyed this movie. Uh, I thought it was pretty suspenseful. It was. I mean, the guy, the Jones guy, the MI6 agent. You know, a little bit of James Bond going thing going on, and it was cool how there was a double agent from Russia as well in there. Uh, and then I really liked the Marine guy, Jim Brown's character, like those three guys, I, I felt like did a really good job in the film. Uh, it was definitely suspenseful trying to figure out what was going on. I know the ending kind of questionable, uh, but we do know that whatever they were all looking for is destroyed. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's just as if nobody found it. But despite all of that. The Beginning part of the movie a little long. It's still pretty good though. The sub was pretty cool. Those shots of it diving and underneath water and trying to come up through the ice, like for 1968, I felt that was really that was done really well. I really liked it. Um, so overall, out of 12 inches, I'm going to give it eight and a half. Ooh. Wow, you're like a,
1: you're like a classic film connoisseur. You just I, like yeah. appreciate the cinematic experience.
2: Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah.
1: All right, so I'm going to go next. Um, hmm, I mean, this one's tough. Tough, it's classic. Uh, it's classic, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Once from that first intermission onwards, I really enjoyed this film, and I enjoyed the uh the the scenes of the side uh, the sub diving mm-hmm. in the first part. So if they if they could have just done basically like, oh hey, we have to go rescue this thing. Here's your passengers. Here's your marines. They get on a boat. They show some nice those nice scenes of diving, and then they kind of like jump straight to trying to bust through that ice. I think I would have been a lot happier with this film. As it was, I almost fell asleep in the first half of this film. Oh, did you really? I had a lot of trouble. It was <laughs> 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so not like a time when I'm like traditionally particularly tired. Right. But I had a lot of trouble keeping my eyes open for that first hour of the film until the torpedo scene happened. After that, I was fine. Yeah. But I was really str- struggling to to stay awake for it because it just keeps kind of going and going and meanders about for a while. So I think I'm going to give it a, I want to say six and a half, but I'm going to say 7. Okay, 7. Yeah.
0: For me, for this movie, I did enjoy it. Like we talked about all the cinematic stuff. I thought the underwater scenes were awesome, especially when they're going through and you see how close they're getting all the different, you know, jagged ice pieces shooting down. Uh, To me, this reminded me also of Full Metal Jacket. Oh, wow. Oh, it's essentially not in any, two different movies. Yeah. You got, you you know, in that you have the boot camp training Mm -hmm. and you have Vietnam and this you have the sub ride over, Mm -hmm. and then you have the ice station part.
1: Yeah, act one, act two. Yeah.
0: Um, The sub part did drag on a little bit. A little bit. Ice station part, I was really... I was really enjoyed. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll talk about what I wish might have happened
1: after this. But for me... Actually, that's interesting. Give give your score and then talk about what you wish happened.
0: Uh, I'm going to go... I didn't almost fall asleep, but I did watch it right after I woke up. Um, so I'll probably go with a
1: like a seven point five on this okay. one. Okay, cool. good reviews for a classic film. I, the one thing I was trying to remember is, like, if you think about "Run Silent, Run Deep," which which one did you like better, "Run Silent, Run Deep" or this? Ooh,
2: I like this one better personally.
1: See, I mean, yeah, I could, I could see that. You gave it an 8.5. I'm just I was trying to remember what I gave Run Silent Run Deep. Yeah. I hope I gave it more. I think I may have given it the same, maybe gave it a 7, seven or something I can't, like that. Yeah, cuz I do think I I liked that one better than this one. It had better
0: but... sub action. Yeah. Uh this story was pretty awesome. I don't know. I really Yeah. yeah I guess I really did like Run Silent Run Deep. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good one. I, it's, it's hard? It's hard to I don't remember what I rated scores. it. Yeah, yeah. What did
2: I rate it? Don't worry, I've
0: got all those scores consolidated. Oh, so we good. might have to go back through yeah. and rechange some of it because I, I think <laughs> over time, no 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 like Run Silent, Run Deep was
2: pretty good, but I like this one better. And if I gave Run Silent, Run Deep a higher score, then you you didn't, then you didn't. Then give I've it messed nine. up someplace. I right. didn't give it a nine. That'd all be crazy. Right. I'll look it up here. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. but so anyway, what I talked mm. about, what I wish happened. Yeah. Last week you were talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for when they get up there to the ice station if nobody knew what happened and all of a sudden it was just like aliens aliens like or something aliens. like something <laughs> crazy you could even do an abominable snowman wow <laughs> you my mind don't you think i mean it could have been you even said like you thought oh is this gonna be maybe a sci-fi yeah, i thought maybe, maybe it was gonna be a
1: sci-fi for a it second. could have worked out actually since he brought
2: you didn't care about the espionage part of it with all the spies and the military and the two sides like the geopolitical aspect of it you'd You'd rather no, see I, something i i
1: I enjoy that kind of stuff I did too the thing is is like a it's a it's a neo noir in a lot of ways just the way they set everything up and right uh noir films are notoriously difficult to follow and stuff like that and there's a lot they a lot of ways that they try, attempt to make a noir film uh very clever and interesting just like any mystery book or or you try to make it so that it's it's hard to figure out beforehand what exactly is happening and in that way they you almost end up definitely making it very confusing. And I felt like it was the same for this one. And uh, when it's a sci-fi alien, it's not so, it's pretty simple. But it would have been
0: awesome if it was <laughs> espionage and sci-fi alien. So is espionage by a different planet? Oh my gosh. <gasps> that would have been great. A shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been just like The Thing. Um, so, yeah. Would
1: have been perfect. I love that. The Thing is yeah. the best. So, <laughs> so wait, what was the score? What was the score? Oh,
0: sorry. Across the board, we all gave Run Sound, Run Deep, in eight.
1: Okay, good. I feel good about that. And Mm -hmm. it's perfect. It lines up perfectly with us. I thought it was slightly better. You thought it was slightly worse uh, than this film. So, there we go. There you go. I like that. Um, So, I was going to say, it's interesting that you had hoped a certain thing would happen, because I (laughs) actually, call me the brain, I uh, read the book.
0: Oh, okay. wait. When?
1: AKA, when did you read this? I actually didn't. I listened to it. Oh. Uh, and an abridged version of it. I got it from the library, abridged version of this book on uh audiobook and I listened to it on a couple of runs. And you did this recently, right? <clears throat> yeah, I did it on Friday, okay. oh, Saturday. Okay. Friday, Saturday. And, Jamie
0: also does very long runs for those of you. Who yeah. A so couple of runs is not just like a 30-minute excursion yeah. for Co- him. A couple
1: of runs got me through this 3-hour movie. Yeah. A uh, 3-hour book. And then uh but uh it was a little bit different because in the end, you know how everyone was dead when they got up to there, all the bad guys had killed each other. Right. That wasn't the case in the book. So in the book, th- those kind of, the fact that someone there is working for the Soviets is the whole mystery. The entire idea is who oh. is sabotaging. The only, the only weird okay. thing was that in the book, I couldn't totally follow exactly who sabotaged the torpedo tube as a result. Because they really were also only- did happen. Oh yeah. Because the only thing I, that it was is like, there were these two people up at the base that were clearly part of the Soviets, but they never really uh, accounted for who could have possibly messed with the torpedo tube. Huh. It's on the sub. So like, they kind of imply that there's someone who was like a sleeper agent or some some agent yeah. for the Soviets that uh, they just were like, meh, nah, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. We're already <laughs> so here.
2: Fine. Was Ernest Borgnine's character in the book? He was not. Oh, he wasn't?
1: No, neither neither was Jim Brown's.
2: Oh, Okay. Yes. They still had the accident, though, in the, uh, in the, in the torpedo, torpedo room, room in the book. Yeah. yeah. So Whoa. in the in
1: the book, it was still in the torpedo room. And, and it would have been someone who was already on the sub who happened to also be an agent for Russia. And they were called into action for that to slow them down. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a little is. bit different. It's a little harder to do. Yeah. So it was, a little, it was weird in one way. It was nice to see all that action up in the ice station zebra, but also hard to explain who would have messed with the torpedo. Unless Anyways. they could have been like it was a freak accident. Yeah, it was yeah. a fine uh, adaptation. It's interesting that on Wikipedia they say it's loosely adapted. I thought it was pretty heavily adapted. It, hmm. It's like it's, it's pretty close until that until the end, kind of. The end is very different.
0: All right. Well, let's get moving
1: right along, mm-hmm. Jamie. You got some trivia for us on this movie? Uh, I mean, of course. Let's let me let me get it up uh so this was released obviously in the era before uh vcrs so a lot of people watched their movies on tv when they were at air
2: howard hughes
1: the reclusive billionaire he owned a las vegas tv station and they would know when he was in town when ice station zebra would play on that station all night long one viewing after another so he would basically run it and he was obsessive compulsive very like seriously so almost sickly so like he would just stay in a room urinate in bottles get eat i forget what he ate something in particular and stay up all night and he would watch ice station zebra that sounds insane over and over and over again yep so that that's one of the main reasons. i think all right yeah so yeah so then uh as i had mentioned unique and innovative underwater camera equipment was developed for the film by john m stevens uh he was a former usa navy diver and so he was uh, billed for just additional photography in this, but he it was such an achievement that they made a promo documentary about him called The Man Who Makes the Difference, Ooh. Uh, which is available on the DVD for the film. But yeah, it basically made it the first ever filming of a continuous submarine dive. So awesome. So his technology they developed. Um, so what an this... icebreaker ah! for the film industry uh, <laughs> I hope people like puns <laughs> <laughs> they do not uh, <laughs> submarine used in this film was the USS Ronquil A whole number was repainted to 509 um, and so but it was not a nuclear submarine so they used a model for the outside view of it because it was shaped very differently but for the dives and all that stuff mm. it was the Ronquil okay. Uh I like to say when things are reused, some miniature footage from this film were reused in Assault on the Wayne. Footage from the film with the Tigerfish submarine model was reused for Firefox, a 1982 film, Grey Lady Down, a 1978 film, and Never Say Never Again, the 1983 film that we talk about every once in a while, James Bond film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what we're talking about right <laughs> now. Uh in two thousand eleven, Warner Bros announced a remake of the film, uh, but nothing has come of it yet. So hopefully it's it going to be gets a really good
2: remake. It could be, yeah. I think
1: they could I think they could make it pretty interesting, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh especially with global warming. Get it real relevant up there. Oh yeah. The big, well, we don't have the <laughs> Got we don't have the scenes of us like trying to trying bust to bust through, life. just like
0: yeah. That's a quarter inch thick. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just open water. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, here. I'd say principal photography was actually slated for 1965. The U.S. Department of Defense objected, objected to the first script, hmm. which they seem to do often, uh, and so they changed uh, the schedule, and that conflicted with almost everyone in the in the film, and so they had to completely overhaul the cast so no one that was originally cast in this actually ended up appearing in it and just to get into that so charlton heston originally was offered the role but turned it down then gregory peck david niven edmund o'brien and george siegel were attached to be in the film to the point where there was even advertisements and variety with them as the cast of the of the the no way and but it never ended up appearing in it because they had to completely recast the film once it was scheduled for 1967 instead of 1965
0: and this is a pretty famous sub film
1: you you would would think you'd want to be in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if your schedule doesn't work. Yeah. And it totally put a, put a fire back under Rock Hudson's career. Like he had been listed as like the most overpaid actor for several years in a row before this, but it was a wild Mm. success and ended up getting him, getting it so that he had a career revival as a result. Um, And then uh, Jim Brown was, his role was kind of written for the movie and he was um, a football player as we know. So, That gets me to my recaster. Talking about football players turned actors. Who would have done a good job in this? So what about Carl Weathers? (laughs) Carl Weathers played for the Oakland Raiders.
0: Carl Weathers. Yes. Carl Weathers
1: acting school? Yeah. Ready to do it? Yeah.
0: He's awesome. I mean, gosh, you got him in Predator. But, I mean, Jim Brown also did a great job, so I don't-
1: tough to say i'd
0: probably i'd stick with i think
2: jim brown i'd stick with jim brown too but carl he'd still be okay in it i think
1: what about comedic uh, mastermind uh terry bradshaw former pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) Uh, quarterback no Uh, no, no. (laughs) i can't imagine terry bradshaw like commanding the marines all right what about howie long
2: no, no. Not, not, not at all. No? You not never not seen, have, do you
1: ever see his action film where he starts out a fire as a firefighter? I have not seen that. Oh. It's oh. amazing. Check it out. Uh what about uh O.J. Simpson? Again, concurrent with his murder uh <laughs> allegations. Oh. <laughs> so this
0: was released in the nineties. Um I...
1: I mean he could strike fear into your heart. Yeah. That's absolutely. true. You definitely you probably would have been watching it and been like, you know what? I think he is the bad guy. And then when he gets shot in the middle of it by the other guy, you're like, you know what? I still think he's the bad guy. I don't care what I saw. (laughs) Uh, What about the Boz? Brian Bosworth, you know who that is? No, I'm not sure. He was a... I'm going to look him up right now. He was a football player for the Seattle Seahawks. Actually more famous as a a college football player, but he had a very, very short-lived action career starring in a movie called Stone Cold. Oh, man. Uh, I just looked him up. Where he played an undercover cop in, I think it was Mississippi.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm
2: looking at this photo
0: of him. Uh, y'all. Like, he's <laughs> he's got this mullet and a bandana on. For sure. Maybe him. Yes.
2: Okay, if he's not in this, he's definitely an agent red. We could definitely find him. Oh, we'll find him come memory. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look
0: at that.
1: That is amazing. Alex, I'm about to send you a photo. You're going to be like, "Oh, I've got I've got oh, okay, a lot good. Of them pulled up right. right now." <laughs> and then uh I'm going to finish up with one more, which is one of the greatest uh NFL football players of our lifetime probably. Ed Harris, what are we thinking? Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. i take Ed Harris. Ed Harris, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he can do it. Sure.
3: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Uh, before, then, you, before you go on okay. your next thing, mm-hmm. um, I was also looking at some trivia on here, and I found this very interesting. They said the movie's plot has similarities with a real-life um, 1962 CIA project called oh, Cold you? Feet. Did you mm-hmm. look this up? Yeah,
1: I did. I saw this.
0: And so, whatever, they... Had these, like, people parachute in to this ice station, and then they retrieved them with the Fulton surface-to-air recovery system three days later. And so I kind of got on this, like, kick. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, let me look at this Recover. Fulton recovery air system. Have you ever watched stuff on this, Alex?
2: Uh, I've never watched stuff on it, but isn't it used in another famous movie?
0: It's used in a bunch of movies. Like other yeah. movies might
2: call it like Skyhook or something.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Was it was it like, like, it's like in a the Dark Knight? I was gonna Dark say Dark Knight. Yeah. Dark Knight's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, like essentially, you send up this blimp-looking balloon, and a plane flies by with a giant V shape on the front, and it'll snag this tether that's hooked to the balloon, and it'll just lift whatever's on the ground off the ground. Then you can reel it into the plane. That's amazing. It's pretty crazy. And then (laughs) the thing that I thought was actually really funny is this was an advancement over the system that they had before. So I didn't, I couldn't find the name of the first system, but before they essentially, whatever you wanted to pick up on the ground, you put up like two big poles with a string and then the plane would um, drag a grappling hook (laughs) and it would snag it. And I'm like, how dangerous would that be for people retrieval? (laughs) All you
2: gotta do is hook, hit with the hook,
0: (laughs) (laughs) hook a couple people, and you're like, "All right, we're done with that." Like, no, thank you. But apparently, they said like getting lifted by it is not bad. It's like less kick than when somebody opens a parachute.
2: Really? So like you're going like standing still on the ground. Next thing you know, you're going 200 miles an hour, and it's not that bad.
0: That's what they said, man.
2: Oh man, I mean,
0: we gotta try it before you know. Yeah, I guess we can really know. Yeah, true. All right. People go skydiving. I wonder if you can get sky hooked. Wow, that'd be amazing.
1: <laughs> and then you skydive. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so are we ready for this? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right, let's take this to the Phantom Zone.
3: Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged,
1: sir. All right, so <laughs> I've actually used most of what I'm talking about in a different one Doesn't because uh, it was Run Silent Run Deep has a close connection to this. So Ernest Ooh. Borgnine is in this and Torpedo Run. Uh, Torpedo Run features LQ Jones. LQ Jones is in Torpedo Run and Battle of the Coral Sea. Battle of the Coral Sea also features uh, Taro Shimada. Now, you may recognize that name. It sounds very familiar. He was a Japanese submarine commander Ooh. in Run Silent Run Ooh. Deep, but Bo- I used him. Bo- yeah, oh no, he was a submarine captain. Bunker oh. Pete was up on the destroyer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but he was also in the James Bond film, You Only Live Twice. He was the Spectre bad guy, Spectre agent, or whatever. Ooh. And so the, from there, we can follow the previous path. So obviously Connery's in that one. He's in Hunt for Red October. We have a connection from Hunt Red October to uh in enemy hands. We have a connection from In Enemy Hands to U five seven one. We have a connection from that to Navy SEALs. And uh Michael Bean is in uh Navy SEALs, which he's also in The Abyss, which you just watched. Then we could take that either like twelve movie <laughs> cycle around to make it to Phantom. Or we could just, just jump to Phantom without Harris. Why not? And let's take him to the Phantom Zone. Amazing. There's really no movie that fails this. Uh, I will always find a connection. I will always find a fucking connection. You don't even care. I don't. I know you. The stingers out there. I got you, stinger. Don't you fucking worry about it.
0: Have you already looked that one up? No, I have not. (laughs) I'm just.
1: I'm just so confident at this point. Confident and cocky. I will say right now. I will get you, stinger. I don't. I don't care. I will figure it out. I will make a movie if it's required to get you back to Phantom
0: if the listeners could see the look in Jamie's eyes right now, um, you would know this is the most serious he's ever been in his life. Uh, you might describe it as homicidal. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as we're done, I'm going to make Jamie leave, um, protect myself and my family. And, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I also want to just note the restraint I had while re- recapping this film on barely mentioning dicks. I know it was only once. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: It's very passive-aggressive. You're welcome. You're
1: welcome. I just feel like I don't want to alienate our early listeners.
0: Yeah. Brown was like, look, if- Or if, do I? Yeah. It's like, if they've- uh, Those people who have already dropped off by this point. Yeah, they probably. If they,
1: if they got through 11 episodes of me just constantly talking about it, you'd think almost they'd be disappointed by this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, darn, it, just for ah. once. It's- It's- Sub- 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 World-, World. Wide.
1: Wide. Oh, I'm actually excited for this one. I've, you Why? know, I've come all the way around after having listening to our episodes now that they're released. I'm now like, you know what? I appreciate that Sub Worldwide World is the only section that we are seriously talking about subs <laughs> and similar. Look how long my notes are on this I one. know. For a submarine podcast, we actually never talk about the legitimacy of anything yeah. that's going on. So and here's... we actually don't know anything about it, so <laughs> this is important for us to learn. <laughs> so here's to you, sub-people.
0: Um This is the Balo-class submarine. You think it's Blau?
1: Yeah, it might be. Like Whatever.
0: Uh, this is the boat that was used in the film. The USS Ronquil is one of these. Mm-hmm. It is not a nuclear-class submarine like Jamie said earlier. It's a diesel-electric and these are World War II era submarines. There were 120 of these things completed, making it the largest class of submarines in the US Navy. Think about it, that's a lot of boats. Yeah. Uh they're built between 42 and 46, and they were in commission with the US from nineteen forty three to nineteen seventy five. Now there is even still one in commission today. Wow.
1: Because
0: a lot of these were sold off. So Taiwan has one of these in their Navy.
1: Yeah, I think even the one that was in this, the Ronquil, ended mm-hmm. up being part of the Spanish Navy, right?
0: It did. That's actually, yeah, that's yeah, it's in this later. So again, it's a diesel electric sub, 311 feet, six inches long. You can't
1: forget those six inches. No, you can't.
0: Has four diesel engines, four high speed electric motors, 226 cell batteries, holds 70 enlisted men and 10 officers. The thing I love about these U.S. subs is there's actually all sorts of information on them. Unlike um most of the other ones we trying Chinese to look like at. <laughs> yeah. So uh for speed, these things can travel while they're surfaced at twenty point two five knots. Submerged, eight point seven five, but then there were some like other reports saying that while it's submerged it can also go fourteen point one, but that's only for a half hour because it's on the batteries. Eight knots while snorkeling and three knots cruising. So for an endurance, while it's crawling along, it can go forty eight hours. And it can last for seventy-five days on patrol. Test depth. Now, this is important for this movie. So, test depth for this is four hundred feet.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, not, not, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's not that, not that not deep. That 1200. Not, even, not even
1: close to that twelve
2: hundred. No. Yeah.
0: And so th- there is another sub. It's actually a really famous one. The USS Tang did a test depth of six hundred twelve feet.
1: Is that that's named after the drink Tang? Yes. Not a sponsor. <laughs>
0: should be <laughs> uh, before they sent it up with the astronauts. Well, yeah. They named a sub after it. Um so but this actually was reminiscent of the movie. It went down even further than this. I couldn't find out how far, but the forward torpedo room flooded. Oh. And it uh it went down. This boat actually was eventually destroyed by its own torpedo. What? Yeah. It shot and the torpedo took a circular path, came back and hit the sub. They tried to get out of the way
2: but they couldn't. When it was sinking?
0: No, not when it was sinking. Just like it was on another mission,
2: oh, okay,
1: which is
0: crazy okay. 'cause this this sub also sunk twenty four ships, whoa, and so then they have a problem like that, it's pretty nuts, yeah,
1: like they mentioned Run it runs out in deep, that's what they thought it happened in that first and it when they had when it reality a submarine had shot a torpedo, remember they thought they had shot a torpedo at the to destroyer oh, and turned spr- around back. on them, yeah, no, it's also something important when we get our uh submarine uh yacht with the torpedoes retrofitted, Yes. um. We just need to remember that. <laughs> yeah. We only make sure we, we have remember. a clear target. For sure. And we don't we don't want it circling back on us. We have to have some plans for that too.
0: Well, guess what? You could have plans for exactly. that Why? because this was the only time that the thing called the momsen lung Ooh. was ever used to escape a sub. And so this is kinda of weird. It's like a little breathing apparatus you put on your face and it has what they call a counter lung, which I'm assuming is some kind of like plastic bag or something. That has soda lime in it, which scrubs the CO2 off, so you're able to, like, get your oxygen back. Oh, wow. Yeah, and ascend. So, anyway, off the tang, onto the USS Ronquil, the one they used for this movie. This was used to film in 1967 mm-hmm. for the film. It was decommissioned from the U.S. in 71 and sold to Spain, and it was in the Spanish Navy from 71 to 84. And so... I mean, we're going, going into depth. I mean, we've yeah, we got, we wanna... we got a lot of facts on this. We want to pull back.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe... <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. No.
0: So the weapons for this thing are really impressive. It's got six forward torpedo tubes, four aft. It can hold 24 torpedoes. It has Well, a... no,
1: not that many once you take into account that one of them is going to be open to the sea. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So five.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so just keep five in Five forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And on deck, this is where this thing is really cool. It's got all sorts of anti-aircraft guns. So it has a 5-inch 25 caliber gun. This is a heavy anti-aircraft gun. It weighs two metric tons. 5-inch 25. That's what it's called.
1: Caliber gun. Yeah. That's what I call my gun. Hey, right? Am I right? <laughs> I guess.
0: And so to fire its projectile, it uses 9 and a half pounds of smokeless powder, and it fires a 54 pound projectile. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> it's 2100 uh, feet per second. Alrighty. And then it also has a Bofors gun, which is like an anti aircraft multipurpose gun. It's not gun. a
1: BFORS gun, that's a Bofors gun. Bofors, whatever it is.
0: It's extremely popular. It was used um, by both so the Axis and the Allies in World War II. It's
1: Mr. Popular, really, that
0: gun. Yeah. It was even used
1: up until the Gulf War. I think there's actually still like <sighs> developing places using it. So that may be another movie we can think about producing. It's called Buford Gun, and it's a Gulf War movie. What do we think? Gulf War sub-movie. Yeah, starring Ed Harris and other people probably. Well, Fickner for sure. Oh, Fickner for sure. Uh, Maybe David Duchovny. E. We'll just call it Phantom. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Phantom 2. And uh, anyway, all right, then
0: the last one is the uh, Orlicon 20-millimeter cannon. It's an auto cannon, which is kind of like a... You know, machine gun, but it hi- it fires 20 millimeter shells or bigger. So that does a lot of damage. You can do tours of these submarines. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: So when you say an autocannon, that yeah. means what? Like it's a machine gun?
0: But it's not technically called a machine gun. It's yeah. an autocannon because it's fired much bigger rounds. That's amazing. I know.
1: It's pretty crazy. I'm actually like having to hold back my excitement of that because I feel like that's, that's just that possibility for having on our submarine. An autocannon? Uh, yeah. I know. It just sounds awesome, too. It sounds really awesome. Engage
0: the autocannon.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we wouldn't kill whales or something, but maybe if a whale is getting attacked by a big, like, giant squid or something, we could take it out with an autocannon. That's true. I'm thinking about it right now. It's real cool.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, anyways, if you live in the States and you want to take a tour of these, there are eight cities... Oh, my God. ...where you can take a tour. Go to Muskegee, Oklahoma. We're pretty close to that. No, we're not, though. I looked it up. It's... It'd, Wait, be, it'd be where a long we weekend. Is it just
1: sitting on land? It's got to be. Wow.
0: Uh, or maybe there's a river or something. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, Honolulu, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, Hackensack, New Jersey. Hey, Fall River. Yeah. I know Fall River. Fall River,
1: Massachusetts, San Francisco, or Little Rock. You huh? can go there and see them. Is there any place you're, you're heading that you can see it? I'm not heading anywhere, any of these places particularly soon. But...
0: Well, if I were going, I would be going just for this.
1: That's true. So you.
0: Plan Little Rock, guys' trip. Great, actually, that one
1: Oklahoma's the closest one. I looked it up already. Mustard Man will pick you up on the way. All right, no, you got to meet us. <laughs> that's that's way out of the way. <laughs> oh, we're not well. Yeah, I guess Little Rock is still out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a big loop. Yeah, you Oklahoma gotta, or Arkansas. Yeah, so you can meet us maybe in St. Louis or something. We'll pick you up. But yeah, even we'll that's grab probably you. Probably a little out of the way. Oh no, my goodness,
2: yeah, well. pretty sure it's further away from me than you guys. <laughs> probably, probably
0: the same uh, i don't
1: know yeah all right
0: <laughs> That's subs worldwide alex you got any news this week sure do
2: loving it so all right i think way back when we first started this podcast we were talking about that journalist uh from sweden who died uh for sure she was oh
1: like, yeah journalist yeah she was like
2: kidnapped and then the guy <laughs> tried arguing Yeah, she died. It was an accident or whatever. Anyways, so just a little follow-up with that. I saw this article uh, the other day, and I guess there's a trial going on right now, and evidence is coming out that she was still alive for a while uh, while she was at the submarine, because she was sending text messages and pictures to her boyfriend uh, before she went away. One of the text messages, they're kind of interesting, but uh, the first ones that I'm seeing here says, I'm still alive, BTW. So I wondered if she was worried about uh, it at first whoa. going into it. The second really one says, weird. "But I'm going down now," uh, so I don't I, I don't know what that means exactly. The next one says, "I love you." and then the last text message says he brought coffee and cookies though so i guess <laughs> i don't yeah, like, <laughs> it sounds,
1: sounds like maybe that was the very beginning of a trip yeah. yeah
2: so i you know i don't obviously there's more stuff to come out but those are some pretty interesting uh, it
1: also does sound like maybe she had had some creepy feelings about the guy yeah before absolutely. going on the trip or whatever so i mean of, think about kind it kind of joking around a little bit. yeah if if we
0: contacted somebody like hey we built a submarine would you like to take a tour with me? It'll First of all, be, the answer uh, should
1: immediately be no, because I, 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 my brother actually asked me this. Like, if Kyle said he had bought a submarine and was like, let's take it out, would you ever go on? I was like, no, I would never go on that submarine. <laughs> I would. No fucking way. I would Am be I living it? on it. Yeah, you could live on it all you want. I'm not going down on that submarine. <laughs> oh, come on. Nope. It'd be good times. No.
2: Yeah, there's actually a picture of the submarine here. They got it dry docked and hanging by a crane. Yeah. I mean it's a pretty good looking sub. I mean,
1: wow. He, not... he he belted himself, right or something? Yeah. How's
0: wow. the crane look? No, you're more oh, Are it...
1: we are we good? are we previewing season four of this podcast, Crane movies?
2: <laughs> well, we've been talking about cranes for a long time, Jamie. Wow. I think. I just <laughs> yeah, don't think we, yeah. yeah. We do. yeah. I've included you in on uh, Are there crane movies? I don't know if there are crane movies. There's
1: definitely cranes that collapse in movies. I yeah, feel like The Abyss. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I think oh, a yeah? yeah. crane movie, I think Deepwater Horizon isn't there a crane that collapses in that <laughs> Probably I, I think so, yeah, Oh, my God, I feel all like right. we could maybe do this. It'd be a shorter season, thank God <laughs> this this one's going to go on way too long all Probably right I love
2: it so the the next article I have involves a person on the submarine. um you guys might have seen this one in the news already, but Trump pardoned his second person since oh, he's yeah. been in office. And it was a sailor who had taken some photographs yeah. of the nuclear reactor on his submarine yeah. uh, on the cell phone. Uh, looking at it, looks like he was just taking photographs to take photographs to have him on his cell phone. He wasn't yeah. selling secrets, wasn't trading them to any other countries. He just happened to have him on them.
1: Yeah, his explanation was that he was he wanted to he he wanted to show his parents what he did. And right. So he, took, he took a photo of him with the nuclear reactor, a right. selfie type thing. Uh, yeah, I think it must I, have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one so, else would have taken the picture for him, right? Like, yeah, nobody's
0: right. doing espionage. Is like, oh, let me get a selfie with it,
2: right? Him. Yeah. So, anyways, so they convicted him.
1: Yeah, uh, he's looking at he's looking at significant jail time, right?
2: Yeah, he was absolutely. I think he was already in jail for a little while, because right. he was 22 when the photographs happened. Uh, he's now 39.
1: Right, but he was just Seriously? convicted. No, no, no. He wasn't. He just convicted though.
2: Yeah, no, I think he was. I think he was convicted. Anyways, Trump pardoned him. And the funny thing I've read about it though is that he actually tried taking the defense, uh, the Hillary Clinton defense, where she was actually oh, that's right yeah, yeah. sending uh, emails and stuff on private servers to other people that should not have been involved, and they got away with it, saying it was just very careless. So he tried asking for that kind of <laughs> leniency and they want to give it and they want to give it to him, even though there was zero evidence that he sent this to anyone else at all.
0: You just had it. Huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you start taking photographs on a submarine, you're like you're looking at jail time. So be careful out there, guys.
1: I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, basically, he was told not to do it. It'd be like if you worked at a hospital and you took a picture of a patient or something like that. That is against the rules of the hospital. And you mm-hmm. can be fired. Uh, you're not going to go to jail for that case. But then you could turn around and be like, eh, I was just trying to do something. And sometimes they'll have leniency and be like, well, you were just being dumb. Don't do it again. If you do it again, you're definitely fired. But right. like mm-hmm. they give you leniency that first time. I feel like this is kind of that. It's like you signed up this really high secrecy, top secret job. Like yeah. you can't go. It's dumb. You're obviously going to get fired and have potential jail time. You we were told that from the beginning. And they just say, you know, Trump pardoned him because it is... He probably wasn't trying to do anything. He was just a person who made a mistake. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I know. When I was twenty-two,
1: I didn't make any mistakes. No, we were perfect by that time. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was fully, you know, aware of my frontal my frontal
1: lobe was perfectly developed. It's no big deal. All
0: right, Brom is not here. He's not here. We have no Zach facts.
1: No, Brom was going to do top top ranked zebra films, which I felt like would have been a very good thing. My first My first thought was Racing Stripes. Obviously, uh, I was wondering if there was a zebra, and I bought a zoo starring Matt Damon, just because I find that movie hilarious for a variety of reasons. I don't, I don't know, know if there was or not. I don't know. But then, in Zach Facts, I don't know. He probably would have said that they actually filmed up in the in the North Pole, or um, I don't know. They actually fell that crevasse was not in the script. They just <laughs> fell in a hole and kept on filming. Zach <laughs> <Just> Facts, lower <laughs> a camera, lower a camera down, film it. What are they doing down there? Yeah. <laughs> That oh like like, we no don't no have a rescue crew it out probably probably would have been it way. probably would have been the torpedo is not in the, script, the torpedo being <laughs> oh, open the to the ocean. Room? <laughs> yeah.
2: uh. Jim, Jim Brown was literally ready to kill everyone there, and Jim Brown
1: spent spent or retired from the NFL to spend more time on submarines. This is part of that. <laughs> Zach, facts. Sorry, Zach. Thought you're pretty decent though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodness,
0: and we won't leave you just yet. No. We do have. A letter from listeners like you. Oh. And now it's time for a letter from listeners like you. All right. So this is from some fellow podcasters over at Zoo... Eh. Can't even talk. Zero Supervision. Zero Supervision. Zero Supervision. They do a news program. Talk about all the wacky things going on in the news. Ooh. So... I always enjoy questions like this. So, if you guys were stuck on an island because your sub
1: crashed, well, okay. First of all, got to jump in here. Our sub would not crash. We're experts marines. I know. I I know. So, but just want to make totally sure, make it, it clear. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Maybe what... it was captained by someone else. Let's just say that we're just on be... a sub for a little joyride with someone yeah. else, getting like R and R or something, and right. we let Brom handle it. Right. He's just That's like... fine. Oh, we have. Again, our frontal lobes are fully developed. We don't make mistakes like this. True. Okay.
0: Um, what sub would you bring to eat for the rest of your life? Ooh, that's a good what one. What okay. sub movie would you bring to watch? Oh. And what sub would you have crashed with? Okay.
1: Or what type of sub are they saying? Yes. Okay. Who wants to go first? I mean, the sub, sub, I think I'll just jump in first with what sub would I bring to eat, because mm-hmm. I think I was pretty clear on the first episode um, Phantom, which is of just as high quality of this episode. I'm joking. It's pretty ridiculous <laughs> to go back and listen to it. Uh, but I said on there that I very much enjoyed a chicken parm sub with lettuce and mustard, and I continue to contend that that is my sub of choice. You may be surprised. Mustard, lettuce, chicken parm, they go together like... Dicks and submarines. Ew. Craziness. Are yep. you sure you're not the mustard man? I yep. am not the mustard man. I really enjoy that nickname, and I was upset that Alex was not first embracing it, but now I am happy that he clearly has embraced it.
2: Alex even has a jersey that says mustard man. Yeah, Good. I've got, I've got a mug that says mustard man. I've got <laughs> so I don't
1: understand why didn't you want to be the mustard man for this
2: podcast. A towel that says mustard man. He has See, no I've... power
0: over me when I record that intro. So. Okay. I was... Uh, Change it.
2: <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, Alex,
0: how about you? What sub would you bring?
2: Oh, buffalo chicken. Hands down. Oh, wow, dude. I love it just immediately on
1: top of it. Oh, yeah. Buffalo I've been chicken eating his No, does it have anything else years. on it? Because I know like... the
2: Lettuce pickles. Okay. Uh, tomatoes. No, 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 no. tomatoes. Onions, banana peppers, black olives, some good. ranch. Oil and salt and pepper. Okay,
1: I just was I was just making sure it wasn't one of those crazy subs that you see in like college towns and stuff like that, where they have like mozzarella sticks and like French oh, fries on or something. Like then,
2: man, no, that that <laughs> he's like, well, maybe now. <laughs> yeah, I, I better rethink that. I've never had one of those, but I'm open okay. to try it. <laughs> <tough> to, yeah. <laughs> try anything
1: once. Maybe, what, what episode should that be? Where we just try some sub, sub sandwiches? Oh, that could be our last episode, which That'd would be, be like our no. trivia episode. What is your sub?
0: I so when I first said this. I was an idiot and I first said a flatbread. Ridiculous. Right. Should have been kicked off the podcast. I went and cried for weeks after that. I cried as well for you. Thank you. Um I initially said, you know, I really like a, a spicy tuna sub, but mm-hmm. if I'm going to eat one for the rest of my life, yeah, can't stop that tuna. It's going to
1: be fun. you'd be driving us crazy with that spicy tuna. Yeah, you'd be like, "Kyle, please stop eating <laughs> that." I'm like, "I, I can't." I'm like it's just so good. It's what I chose. Yeah. Um
0: I would probably do a not a sponsor. Jimmy John's oh. Italian nightclub with hot peppers delivered okay. by John Buda every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All, all right. What's all right. the second one? All right. What oh. sub movie would you bring to watch
1: for this? For me, it's easy because I haven't we haven't watched some of the really big ones yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all I know, my answer to this would be like. Uh, hunt for Red October or Das Boot. Uh, I mean, I think I do think you could maybe bring Das Boot to a desert island, and by the time you finish watching it, you'd be rescued, so you wouldn't have to worry about <laughs> anything. There's along. potential. Ew. Uh, but I think it's obvious for me, Crimson Tide is the one that day in day out. I think I could probably find something to enjoy, uh, in that movie uh, every time I watch it. It's been my I think it's been my favorite, most fun submarine movie that we've done so far. It's been good. Yeah,
2: Alex, how about you? uh for Red October, even though we haven't reviewed it yet, I love that movie. So Ooh. that's I a think, good submarine movie. Yeah, it's my it's favorite. It's my favorite submarine movie.
1: So Kyle, I think I can answer for you. The answer is going to be Agent Red. uh I was,
0: I was thinking that. um Just you know, to watch it for like hilarity. It all depends. You if get we're, pretty tired of it if we are all on the island together and like maybe we can switch out. Right. Also, you know, <laughs> maybe watch Red Das Boot today. Like, I got Agent Red. and you know, Kyle, we only watch that like once a week. Yeah. <laughs> um have to be Phantom. Oh that's pretty I'd okay. like right. that bring it. I bring it on Blu-ray. So I got director commentary. Yeah. Which I now have. Mm-hmm. So when we do our remake episode, that's great. I'm watching that with Director Commentary. I, uh, would, I would listen to that director commentary as a <laughs> podcast oh, for, for sure.
1: Me. And what sub would you have crashed oh, with? And just just to quickly mention with Phantom is that I was making a little intro music for my thing out of the Phantom uh audio. And I, so I was watching Pieces of Phantom again, mm-hmm. and we have seriously overrated that film. But continue, <laughs> <laughs> it is not very good. <laughs> okay, so what, what was the last one? Oh, what, sub, what would, sub would you have crashed with? All right, as it, I feel like it's obvious, I'm not, I, I would love to say I'm piloting that French submarine, well, the Triumphant, but uh, let's be serious, I'm not because it's French. Get out of here! You can't even read the labels. Nope, it's a seawolf. That is what I'm. Oh, that's on, the so. same one I was gonna pick. It's just obvious. A sea it's wolf the is coolest how you. One. Now, the only thing I don't love about crashing on the island with a sea wolf is that you're crashing a sea wolf and they're beautiful creatures that There's only three to be of free. them in existence. Yeah, you gotta. I'd rather the idea be that we made some mistake and got ejected out of the torpedo tubes by accident, and it gets to roam free as its seawolf in its seawolf beauty for the rest of its life, and <laughs> we get ejected onto the desert island. But <laughs> it's autonomous. I mean it probably becomes is. becomes self it's, te- it's technological wonder. Becomes self aware. Uh yeah. <laughs> it takes over. Isn't it? <laughs> Already? <laughs> how else are we piloting it? We don't have the know how. No. We are seriously underqualified. It's like an app on your phone. You can just run a Seawolf, right? Probably. <laughs> Alex, how about
2: you? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Nautilus. I think. Oh, if, if that now was are you real, saying the, are you
1: saying the USS Nautilus, which is an no, actual no, no, Balao no, no. class <laughs> submarine? Or... <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no, The one from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I, I I like that one. It's a pretty cool one. It is yeah. comfy, yeah. and you got a wood burning
0: fireplace and an organ yeah. and an organ Damn out in an the organ.
2: Nice couches in front of those windows. I oh just go yeah. Oh yeah, like
0: I guess that is a pretty good one. If you're crashed on an island, because I like to think the sub—well, is it destroyed? Is it not? I don't know.
1: If you uh, could live inside of it while it's just beached or whatever, that'd be pretty nice. To Nautilus would be the one. Nautilus would be the one for sure. And then I think I guess we have to—we'd probably have to take a tour of the Triomphe and the Sea Wolf just to get our bearings. But I'm guessing the Sea Wolf is better. The U.S. subs are like notorious for being cushy on their sailors, right? So. <sighs> That's it, man. It's probably enough food for a 90-day patrol or something like that. That'd be good. Survive for a while. Nautilus. Be- the problem with the Nautilus is that they get all their food from their underwater farm. Right. Or- yeah. Got to keep it in mind. And what are they eating? Like sperm whale milk and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Well,
2: it doesn't matter because once I'm crashed, though, I got that buffalo chicken for life. That's true. You got so... those buffalo
1: chicken subs. I'm I totally so... forgot. I, just, so I guess good. I assumed that the uh, Sea Wolf Kitchen was just stocked with our subs. <laughs> <laughs> 90 oh, days worth of subs. You want it. Boom. It's like growing on a palm tree. <laughs> like,
0: Thank you, God, for this buffalo chicken. Mm. <laughs> I'd be over there partying. It's
1: the Italian nightclub. (laughs) Alrighty. Guys, that was Ice Station Zebra. I think next time we should choose one that is not two and a half hours long, which has been like the last three episodes. Yeah, we've done some really long ones. Uh, We'll probably get a little shorter one. I got an idea for it.
2: Are we still recording right now? Uh, No.
1: No. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.